This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. Welcome aboard this southeastern service to Johnson. Jackpot tickets only at pounds. We're up to £2,000 at half time. Get your lucky jackpot tickets. Thank you. Good luck. Burger. Right. A burger? A burger? Uh, three to the tea. Welcome and happy Easter. Thanks for downloading episode 125 of We Are Going Up. I'm Mark Crossley and as you can already tell, no doubt, this week's show is a little bit different to usual. We've ditched the comfy surroundings of the studio and instead we've made the journey down to South East London for one of the biggest games of the championship season so far. Uh, as a record, it is Tuesday, the 15th of April 2014 and David Cameron Walker, who is examining his ticket closely there. Whereabouts are we? I was examining just to find out exactly what the stand is called that we're standing behind. It's the West Stand at the Valley, home of Charlton Athletic, and it is a massive game against Barnsley tonight. Six-pointer? Absolutely. Both teams, you know, dearly, dearly need three points. Probably Barnsley just a little bit more than Charlton, but, you know, there's not many games to go. Barnsley are bottom of the league, Charlton are right down there as well, and this is one of those games in hand that we've been talking about for so long that Charlton need to take advantage of. And good evening, Jim Knight. I'm surprised you're slumming it with the rest of us here after uh, Leicester's promotion. Yeah, you've got to keep your feet on the ground, don't you? Remember your championship routes. 68 goals between Barnsley and Charlton this season. 10 less combined than Leicester have got themselves. Yeah, it's quite a damning statistic, isn't it? It's probably part of the reason we're here, because it is such a big game um, at the bottom of the league with some of the interviews that we're uh, we're going to do later on to the Charlton fans. I'm sure they'll tell us just exactly why they've struggled so much uh, this season. And uh, Joe Amphlett, Millwall fan, uh, who we mentioned quite regularly on the show, is here as well. And Joe, you just come down as a little bit of a spying mission, I think, on your relegation rivals. I've infiltrated enemy territory and I'm here and I'm, I'm not going to cause any trouble or anything like that but this is a massive game as the boys have said and I am really excited to see how it goes and I, I don't know who I want to win I certainly don't want Charlton to win it's got to be a draw at least Have you seen both teams against Millwall this season? I have seen both teams against Millwall this season we beat Barnsley in December when Lomas was still manager uh, awful game terrible stuff and Charlton it was a 0-0 draw on the 15th of March about a month ago and uh, Charlton looked absolutely terrible so both teams we're in for a cracker we're in for an absolute cracker well it's well documented that Charlton have been playing uh, two games a week for the last month due to this fixture backlog so we're finally going to get to see this pitch tonight which we've been talking about all season uh, they lost 3-0 at Brighton at the weekend they go into this game just one point clear of the bottom three and just four wins in their last 17 games uh, but three of those have come since the arrival of new boss Jose Riga uh, so coming up you're going to be able to hear from the Charlton fans on what's been a troubled season both on and off the field I don't think it was very fair to uh, remove Chris Powell. I think he had the idea of removing him when he bought the club. The big question, I think, for Charlton fans is, why does this man own so many football clubs? I think we punched above our weight last season, but you've got to remember that we got rid of some crucial players for us at the beginning of the season, and it's a real shame, and we knew that it would be a tough one. It could set the club back two or three years if he went down, so we need to stay up and then look at it in the summer and hopefully uh, get some new players in and push on, which we should have done um, a couple of years ago. Well, if Charlton badly need the points tonight, then what about Barnsley? After eight years in the second tier the Tykes are in deep deep trouble sitting bottom of the table and still five points off safety with only five games remaining with tough fixtures still to come against the likes of
to Derby and QPR. We speak to Matt Murray from the Barnsley Chronicle about the importance of tonight's game. It doesn't come much bigger than this, really. You know, both teams need to win. Barnsley especially. It could be do or die for Barnsley tonight. We also catch up with Barnsley fans and get their take on the job done so far by Danny Wilson in his second spell at Oakwell. I don't think he's had enough time to put a team together and get us playing. Being left with a lot of Fleetcroft's uh, Division 1 players. I'm not one for bringing them back, but I'll support him if we get relegated. I think he will be a good manager for us because I think he's... He could manage in either division. Plays one up for him, brings a striker on with a minute and a half to go. Don't think he's got a clue. You'll hear more from those fans shortly, plus coming up soon you'll be able to hear highlights of our uh, unique commentary on what goes on tonight. And we'll also decamp to the pub later on and run the rule over all last weekend's action. We'll reflect on outstanding, if ultimately unsuccessful efforts by Wigan and Sheffield United in the FA Cup semi-finals at Wembley. Uh, congratulate Kenny Jacket and Wolves on a brilliant promotion from League One, plus discuss the sackings of Ronnie Moore and Port Vale defender Daniel Jones. All that to look forward to plus a special on location edition of my club should we go inside yes <laughs> So we've moved inside the ground and the game is underway. Great atmosphere, actually, isn't there? Yeah, um, I think the, the fans that uh, have come down on the free coaches from Barnsley, and I'm sure a few have made their own way down, of doing a good job of uh, making their presence known. And the Charlton fans in the, in the stand just to the left of us are, are giving it plenty as well. So it's nice to hear a, a, a midweek game with plenty of atmosphere as well, even though the, the ground's not, uh, not too full. But uh, the, what matters is the fans that are here are making plenty of noise. Absolutely. So as we mentioned, uh, this is the first of six vital games for Charlton in their running uh, they've got one game in hand on Barnsley and two games in hand on most of the other teams around them the question is can they take advantage after tonight they've got home games to come against Bolton, Blackburn and Watford and trips to Sheffield Wednesday and Blackpool uh, with that game at Blackpool at Bloomfield Road on the final day of the season how important could that be a moment ago I caught up with Peter Finch who is the match day commentator for Charlton's CF- CAFC player I knew I was going to pause that up and uh, I started by asking Peter whether tonight is the biggest game of Charlton season it's up there with last Tuesday's game against Yeovil yeah certainly is uh, three points tonight and uh, big get, leap up into 18th position so, and it puts pressure on teams like Blackpool Birmingham uh, and Millwall of course so yeah it's, it's huge and in terms of your recent results it's been a bit up and down I think you've won four and uh, lost four the last eight games is that a pattern you can see continuing tonight uh, yeah we, we don't like Saturdays but we seem to like Tuesdays so uh, and on that basis so we, I think we should win tonight um, we've got a tough game Friday and another one on Monday but I think if we win those three games and I think we're capable of it then uh, that's it well, I think we're done and dusted if only it was that simple um, how's, how's the pitch looking now? Uh, there's a bit more grass on it now there's uh, not so much mud there are, there's a few little patches but it's, it's much better than it was but it's still quite bobbly it's not flat so uh, it needs a lot of uh, work in, in the summer and have you seen any obvious changes in the style of play since uh, the manager changed? yes yeah, certainly trying to play more out of the back to, to the defenders which got us in a bit of trouble against Brighton on Saturday for the first goal but they're definitely trying to play uh, the ball at the back rather than lump it forward because we've got nobody up there what you need is a big man who can win the ball in the air and we, uh, we sold one of those so um, we can't do that so we have to play it on the floor now and try and create and how important is it um, given the obviously the new ownership and everything's happened this season that the club retains their status in the championship absolutely vital because if we don't that, that season in, that, that, that winning season in League One is a complete waste of time so it's absolutely vital and, and uh, it could set the club back two or three years if we went down so we need to stay up and then look at it in the summer and hopefully uh, get some new players in and push on which we should have done um, a couple of years ago but you know the previous owners were a little bit tight as well as Peter we also got the opportunity to speak to some Charlton fans outside the ground we have to win this to put space between 
between us and Barnsley. Hate to say it, but someone's got to go down, and they've got a very good chance of going down if we beat them tonight. What's your your, your initial thoughts? I guess you've had him for a few weeks now, the new manager, Jose Riga. The, the clips I've seen of you on the Football League show, it looks like you're trying to play good football. Uh, come unstuck a little bit on Saturday against Brighton, trying to play good football a little bit too much, too close to your own goal a few times, but it seems like he's trying to play the right way. Yeah, he likes to play the ball out from the back instead of lumping it forward. Since we lost Kermigan, we've got no one to hit up front with great respect to the strikers we've got. And he's put the emphasis on keeping the ball for longer periods, which we do quite well for half a game. But recently, the concentration has gone in the second half and it's all fallen apart a little bit. But the more we have the ball, obviously, the harder it is for the opposition. That seems to be working a little bit, although mainly on a Tuesday night. Saturdays, we get beaten 3-0. <laughs> Tuesday night, we tend to pick up some points. And I'm the match day DJ here at the Valley, and I'm also a member of Charlton Live team. To be honest, I wasn't looking for a result against Brighton. You know, I'm thinking of the, of the overall, the Barnsley games. I, you know, the crowd have got to be behind the squad tonight and, and get the result that we need. We need three points. So you've got obviously uh, Barnsley tonight, then you've got home games against Bolton, Blackburn, and Watford, and then Sheffield Wednesday and Blackpool away. And the way that Blackpool are going, you know, you wouldn't bet on on it all going right down to the to the final day. No, you wouldn't. And Watford, could, I think, could do us a favour in a couple of games. I mean, if you look at all the running for all the teams down there they've all got tough fixtures but yeah I mean it could come down to the last day I wouldn't want it to come like that to be like that at all because you know you get very nervous and I was nervous here watching us playing against Yeovil because you know we were we were 3-1 up and then we got the you know so we had squeaky bum time in the last little few minutes which you don't really want What are your thoughts on the on uh, Duchasselet coming in and, and the way that the club's sort of changing now um, obviously Chris Powell leaving was quite a controversial uh, decision at the time what were your feelings on it at the time and have you changed them since yeah, I don't think it was very fair to uh, remove Chris Powell. I think he had the idea of removing him when he bought the club. I don't think Chris Powell did anything wrong at all. We can't do anything about that now, of course. But the big question, I think, for Charlton fans is, why does this man own so many football clubs? Is he looking to sell good young players and make money from the game? Or is he interested in taking the club forward? And can we survive without his money if he decides to disappear? That's the big concern. And you have got a few good young players that could potentially be leaving uh, Diego Poyet and uh, Jordan Cousins as well both impressed this season yeah that's right and we've got others still to come through from the under 21s um that, that's the big worry. Will he want to sell those players for money? Will they be prepared to stay? I just hope that if they do go, we can get a fee for them instead of having to go to this tribunal, which always gives you a few hundred thousand pounds. You never get the full value. And given the obviously the new owners and this new regime, which has come into the club this season, how important is it that you are playing in the championship next year, having you know gone to all that effort to get up from League One, winning the title in such a fashion, to uh, to drop back down just a couple of years later would be obviously be a huge disappointment. Yeah, it would, and the rumour is that if we manage to stay up and it's like I say it's only a rumour that money will be spent and they're taking a huge you know steps forward in the moment they're already testing Wi-Fi here I mean I know that sounds like a, <laughs> like something you know that, a little bit out of date but we've never we've never had that here so there's, he's trying to bring in um, new uh, foster stands for, for supporters etc we've got new TVs in the stadium so they're trying to improve the match day experience and I think if we go down we may see less of that I'm not you know I'm not the owner I don't know I'm not sure what the plans is but you know I think there's still a few question marks around the new owner fans are a little bit unsure where we where we sit in his in his pyramid shall we say there's still a lot of fans upset that Chris Powell isn't the manager you know I was genuinely disappointed when he when he went I wasn't surprised I suppose because I could you can kind of sense
sense that wasn't the kind of relationship that you would want between an owner and a manager even when they did the press conference here photographs videos it, they didn't look comfortable with each other but yeah it's it's an important pivotal season for us right now I mean I think we punched above our weight last season but you've got to remember at the beginning of the season I, you know we were looking we got rid of Fuller um, we got rid of some crucial players for us to, you know at the beginning of the season and it's a real shame um, and we knew that it would be a tough one financially this season we can take it because this man's got his own fortune he can take the hit I think he's prepared to do that I don't think he cares about that particularly because we'd come back up the big step is what we can do if we come back up or if we stay up are we talking about the premiership or not personally I think the premiership is bad for football it's certainly bad for teams like Charlton Athletic we couldn't afford to sustain an existence in the premiership so I no longer think about that the odd thing is of course you want to do well every week you want to finish at the top uh, the punishment is you end up in the Premier League <laughs> so we've heard from the Charlton fans they've got six games to go how important DC is it they get a result tonight you're looking at the run-ins right now they have got that extra game on everyone else and if they were to beat Barnsley they could really put a bit of a gap between themselves and the bottom three it's massively important that they get a result tonight because you know it's, the, the time is running out for them to say, "Oh, we'll get a result in the next game. We'll get we'll get a result in our in our other game in hand." You know, they're playing a, a relegation rival. There's a, a real chance to you know nail uh, Barnsley right down to the bottom of the table and possibly send them you know effectively send them down if they beat them tonight. So it's massive for Charlton. It's massive for Barnsley. It's, it's a huge game tonight. And Jim Barnsley are unbeaten at the Valley in their last three games, uh, so they obviously. Uh, We've got a decent record here. I've just been looking actually at the stats for them this season. Charlton have only scored 30 goals in the league this season, which is the lowest in the championship. So it's pretty easy to see where the problems have, have, uh, have lied all season. I mean, not just for Jose Riga, but also for Chris Powell as well. Yeah, I mean, just my first impression when we kind of walked up the uh, the stairway looking at the pitch, it's, it's very, very difficult to kind of get the ball down and play, particularly in the wide areas, because there are so many kind of exposed patches without any grass. And I was just watching the... Uh, the goalkeeper warm up in the Barnsley area Luke Steele there and you know as soon as that ball hits a quite a wet sandy patch in the centre of the penalty spot uh, area it just dies and you know it's not surprising that they've struggled to, to score goals but you have to set yourselves out accordingly and you know managers need to adapt to the conditions that they've got so it seems everyone is nervous ahead of this one tonight after eight years in the championship including that dramatic final day escape last season Barnsley finally on the brink of relegation Danny Wilson's men are five points off Charlton with only five games to go making tonight's clash at the Valley absolutely vital the Tykes are unbeaten in their last three visits here but haven't won or scored in their last three games and Chris O'Grady missed a crucial penalty in that 1-0 defeat at Bolton on Saturday a few minutes ago I caught up with Matthew Murray from the Barnsley Chronicle and I asked him about their recent run a few weeks ago Barnsley went surprisingly away to Reading and away to Yeovil and recorded big victories and I asked him how much of a shot that was yeah I don't think anyone expected them you know even those of the Barnsley persuasion especially the win at Reading I think that they lost to Bournemouth last minute goal and I think everyone thought right that's it we've got two away games now they're not going to get anything there and it'll be curtains but they've gone and put in two good performances probably the best two performances of the entire season came within three four days so it was a bit bizarre and yeah went to 
and, and Barnsley's problem all season has been scoring goals. You know, Chris O'Grady's got 13, but other than that, I think the next top scorer is Thomas Sifka got four goals. So there's no one really getting their name on the score sheet. I don't think a defender has scored all season, which is just bizarre. You know, you, you want your centre halves to chip in with two, three, your full backs one, two, even your midfielders get four, five. Barnsley just haven't had that. They've just relied on Chris O'Grady. And I think four or five of them have been penalties. So, yeah, no one expected them to just go there to Reading, score three goals. But they've been world class goals. You know, Barnsley score world class goals, but don't <laughs> score tappings. I mean, Thomas Sifka, all his four goals this season, brilliant. Paddy McCourt, two world class goals. Jennings. Um, Jennings keeps chipping in. You know, he doesn't score tappings. So it's like they've got this ability to score screamers. But other than that, they just don't seem to score regular, you know, winger gets the ball, crosses it in, tap in, goal. That's, that's the problem. We've spoken to quite a lot of uh, fans outside the ground already tonight and they all of them to a man bemoan the tactics of Danny Wilson saying there's only one up front Chris O'Grady can't do it all on his own he's, he's done well scored 13 as you said but do you think the fact that they're scoring long range goals and not getting many tap is because there simply isn't enough men in the box yeah you could say that but then you look at it the other way and Barnsley were shipping goals galore so Danny's tightened them up they're not conceding as many goals you know early in the season under David Flickcroft you know they're losing four or five goals a game just getting battered so Danny's come in and tightened it up steadied the ship but that's got consequences Barnsley actually play better away from home you know they get men behind the ball they defend and then they've got some pace on the break Ryan McLaughlin Dale Jennings you know there's a bit of pace Thomas Sifka a bit of pace up there and that's causing teams problems on the counter attack when other teams home teams have committed men forward so I, I'm, I'm not one of these who's against Danny's negative so called style I, I think he's just been smart he knows that he's not got a great squad and he's just using it to its best ability and using its strengths and tell us about the support tonight because I gather there's been coaches that have been put on by the club for the yeah, fans yeah well we had a bit of a fast when we came we all got down here last time they called the game off about quarter to two so there's you know a lot of unhappy people and Barnsley to, to their credit put on free coaches I think there's about a thousand Barnsley fans here tonight which on a Tuesday night is quite remarkable considering you know the, 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 the time of season and where they are in the league it's a Tuesday night so yeah they're going to be back by about a thousand strong fans fans have been great this season you know, even in the last few weeks you know when they've been losing games just been chanting all the way through games even at home and uh, yeah there's, there's still a bit of optimism but we'll see what happens tonight so that was Matthew Murray from the Barnsley Chronicle and DC looking at their running how do you think it compares to Charleston's? obviously you've got this crunch game tonight but then actually the, the remaining four games after this for Barnsley depending on which way you look at it you, you could say it's not too bad because Leeds you know, not really got anything to play for their season's over Derby Middlesbrough and QPR well Middlesbrough got nothing to play for they're too far off the playoffs Derby and QPR safely in the playoffs so I suppose they want to be building momentum but it's not that they're going to be must win games for them they can't get automatic now uh, very unlikely anyway so it's not too bad they're certainly Barnsley are, are going to go into all those games knowing that they have to get results and the other teams don't uh, whether that actually has an effect here at the end of the day uh, I don't I don't know speaking from experience Leeds didn't have anything to play for the last day of last season did they and they beat us um, but uh, every game's massive because they're bottom of the league you know they're what currently five points behind Charlton uh, having played a game more at this stage so it's vital they get points tonight and they continue to do so if they're going to have any chance of staying up well I mentioned the goals there Chris O'Grady is their really only source goals isn't he Jim at the moment and that's where the real problems of life I mean Dale Jennings has scored uh, a few blinders as, uh, yeah. as Matt was just telling us and they, they tend to score great goals but not enough of them basically no I think they're too heavily reliant aren't they on, uh, on Chris O'Grady and uh, as uh, Matt told us there there's plenty of players who chipped in but I think Tom uh, 
Carlos Siska, he said, was the, the next top scorer with you know just a handful of goals. So it's uh, it's too much for one man to bear, really. You need the goals coming from uh, from midfield and the defence as well. It sounds like it's been a real um, sore spot for uh, Barnsley at the, uh, this season with uh, not chipping in. I can't imagine their set pieces are much to behold. Um, they haven't had one yet. Well, tell, actually, no, they have had one, and Leon Lawrence hit the ball straight to the keeper. So I can see why they haven't scored many from set pieces if he's delivering them like that all the time. Well, exactly. I mean, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, we actually gauged the mood outside, didn't we, with, uh, with quite a few Barnsley fans who were milling around, all in pretty good spirits, until we asked them about their team. <laughs> when things probably changed, have a listen. I think his biggest game for the last 10 years, to be honest. Last season, really, weren't expected to stay up, but this season we expected, but top half, probably. So, so what's gone wrong? As you said, last season, the last couple of seasons, you've just about stayed up. You've had good runs towards the end of the season. Under Flipcroft last year, that great run towards the end of the season. But this year, it just never got going, and Danny Wilson's come back, and it still hasn't really kicked on your bottom of the table. Now, what's, what's gone wrong this season compared to the last few? I think a lot of it is Danny Wilson's recruitment. Flipcroft kept a lot of players on last season that really shouldn't have kept on Jason Scotland, Jimmy McNulty and it's, co- it's cost club a lot of money in long term. Danny Wilson's coming and he's signed players from Doncaster like Martin Woods and they're not Jack, they're League One players. I think mainly it's Dan- Danny Wilson's tactics. One up front when we've really got no to lose now. Players one up front, brings a striker when we're a minute and a half to go. I just think don't think he's got a clue. And what do you make of your running that you've got? We always beat Leeds so there's got to be three <laughs> points there. <laughs> We'll probably get beat now. Uh, win tonight, we're down. Yeah. Oh, but a win. We're not likely to score. We're too negative. And it's whose fault? Like busting the paper bag up from. <laughs> and whose fault's that? Well, dynamic management, isn't it? Instead of playing two sides, we play with one up, expecting an out and out draw. Someone is an out and out draw. Opposition scores, game's over. You've heard, Chris O'Grady is one of the, the highest scorers of the teams in the bottom half. I think he's the highest scorer of, you know, in terms of strikers of teams in the bottom half. So do you think he's needed more help perhaps yeah, this season? Yeah, definitely. Of course he does. He's knocking ball down. There's nobody winning 20 yards on him. They don't seem to have had a bit, as much belief this season as they did in the in the last 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 season especially. Um, but you never know. We've got good, good from now on. <laughs> Were you expecting more from uh, the return of Danny Wilson? No, not really. Um, I'm not one for bringing them back, but I'll support him if we get relegated. I think he will be a good manager for us because I think he's, he could manage in either division if we'd stay in this division or if if we got relegated. But I say if because it's not it's not one yet. We've only got dual fit strikers really, and uh, neither of them has got any pace, so uh, we're struggling a bit in that department. And what do you make of the running you've got? Difficult, but some winnable games. And uh, I think if if we can win tonight, we're back in it. If Charlton win, I think that's it. They'll go clear. If Charlton win, do you think you're you're doomed? Uh, yeah, I do think we're doomed. I think that's it because that'll pause eight points in it, and pretty difficult to get out with the run of fixtures we've got left. And what has it been like following Barnsley this season? Pretty difficult watching us losing quite a lot of times, and Awful. yeah, terrible. Probably the worst season I've watched. And what do you make of the job that Danny Wilson's done since he's come back? I don't think he's had enough time to put a team together and get us playing. Being left with a lot of Fleetcroft's uh, yeah. Division One players. Do you think after eight years in the Championship, a return to League One where you might actually win a bit more would be a bad thing? <laughs> It'd be nice. It would be nice. It would be nice to see us win, but once you're down there, it's very, very. It's like every league; it's getting harder and harder to get out. So I prefer to, to scrape by and stay in the championship. Well, I think championships now are one of the most unfairest leagues in country. You know, we've got parachute payments and that, you know. And for a club our size, we, we've done well to keep in it for eight years. 
Sure, more than happy. Yeah. So there you go. The fans pretty mixed, I think, on uh, on Danny Wilson so far. Not too happy with some of his tactics. We'll see how it plays out tonight. Um, and in just a minute, we are going to bring you our unique highlights of uh, the action tonight. Right after we get a special live version of my club, as we hear from another fan in 125 seconds, all to celebrate 125th anniversary of the football league. And today, it's obviously the turn of Barnsley. This is we are going up. My club in 125 seconds. Hi, I'm uh, Andy Osborne and my club is uh, Barnsley. So Andy, do you remember your first ever trip to, to Oakwell? Yeah, about 1980, an old Division 2 clash against um, Rotherham. And then that was the moment I was hooked. So I've been, I've been watching them ever since. Yeah, we're here obviously at Charlton tonight. It's an absolutely massive game. But in your time as a Barnsley fan, what's been your favourite memory, your most memorable moment as a, as a Barnsley fan? Uh, there's been so many, really. Um, I mean, uh, recently, more recently, the last game of the season against Huddersfield, which was ab- absolutely incredible. Um, I'd have to go back years and years when we, we beat Man City in a, a League Cup game at Oakwell. Um, then, obviously, there was a, the, the brilliant Cup run in uh, 2008. Um, yeah, so there's the, so many games, really. And tonight's uh, going to be no exception if we uh, pull some off tonight. You've come a long way down from Barnsley to Charlton on a Tuesday night. What's your uh, what's your favourite or most memorable away trip you've had as a Barnsley fan? Well, I haven't I ain't come all that far actually because I live on the south coast. <laughs> so um, I've, I've, I've lived in uh, Bournemouth for about um, 25 years. Do you get to home games? Uh, every now and again. Every now and again. I, I went up when uh, they played Bournemouth a, a couple of weeks back. Yeah, sometimes we drive up there and you know we always get back in time for match of the day on a you know <laughs> if the going's good, but. Yeah, I, I just try and get to see him whenever I can, really. And uh, obviously, just before kickoff tonight, absolutely huge game. Gut feeling, are you going to stay up this season or not? It'll take a miracle, but you know that's what happened last season. So you never know. You just ne- you, you never know. It could it could go down to the last game against QPR. God knows. But um, I think. Uh, Charlton showed a bit of good form recently and it's going to be really tough um, to get anything from here tonight but I'd be happy with your point I'd be really happy with your point Andy your two minutes is up thank you very much thanks a lot my club in 125 seconds we are going up we've got the football league covered Right, so we'll have another My Club next week. Remember, if your club has not been covered yet this season, please do contact us. We're running out of time, and I don't think we've got anyone booked in for next week yet, so please do tweet us this week at Waggy Podcast or send us an email via the website wearegoingup.co.uk slash contact. Right now, though, well, who knows what's going to happen. We're time to listen in to our commentary of tonight's crunch game. We are going up live at the Valley for Charlton against Barnsley. minute silence for Hillsborough. Nice and impartial. Opportunity for Charlton on the right-hand side. That's left by boys, a great ball! Edge of the area. Oh, good interception. A Varsley break here. See if they can use that pace that Matt told us about. Doesn't seem like it so far. 
Well, a good so play by Chris O'Grady there. Can he get it wide? No, oh, intercepted. Home fans getting frustrated by lack of cutting edge in the final third. Hello. They've got no tone. They've had most of the ball. They're playing some great little football about in the middle of the park. But when you get up there to the final third, they, they've not got the, the footballing brains to do anything with it. You know, the, the pass is on and they're just, oh, I'm differing, I'm differing. I don't know what to do. I'm so glad they're not scored, though. Does it remind you of watching someone, does it? No, we've been playing well lately. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly got you. So what do you make of this much maligned pitch then? Well, it's not great, particularly in the penalty areas, particularly the uh, the current Barns the Barnsley end as we speak in the first half. The goal mouth area is terrible. You can see that you know it looks so they've been perhaps even been watering it before the game, and there seems some damp patches. But all over the pitch, there are patches of you know where it's gone right down through the grass to like the, the dirt beneath it. Um, so it's going to make a difference. And a Jeffrey Boycott picture, picture play. <laughs> I'm going to get my key out and put it in the surface. But uh, Charlton have nevertheless still tried to play a bit of football from time to time. And actually, at one stage, it worked in their favour because I think it was Johnny Jackson overhit a pass out wide to Callum Harriet, and it looked like it was going to go out of play. But such was the poor quality of the pitch, it held up. You know, <laughs> so you could perhaps even use it to your advantage. And I suppose they're going to have to try and try and do that, really, Charlton being the home side. But they are continuing to try and play football, uh, and it, you know, they've had some good moments so far as Joe said whenever they've got to the final third they've just waited a little bit too long a little bit of hesitancy perhaps not quite playing with great confidence at the moment and they haven't quite put the balls in at the right moments when the, when the gaps have appeared ball comes in the back post oh that is a terrible header an absolutely terrible header from number 11 Callum Harriet. he's got green boots on as well you cannot be wearing green boots to them missing sitters like that well maybe he should have used his green boots not his head but it was great Sordell actually on the uh, on the left hand side and he was doing what I remember him doing so well at Watford actually quick feet skillful shifted the ball the defender went one way he went the other good cross in back post Harriet's got a free header he's got it's got to head it back where it came from down on target and surely that would have been a goal but he fluffs the header and it went wide terrible really big chance what was that champ about Poyet being better than his dad I don't know quite how uh, how much they've seen of him or quite how little the syndicus Poyet for that certainly didn't look better than his dad on Saturday when he <laughs> made that mistake against Brighton did he well half an hour gone still goalless I was really hoping for a, a three or thriller here but not sure we're going to get it what have you made of uh, Charlton so far well, I've been quite interested actually because they, they lined up in quite a positive sort of fashion I think they're playing what appears to loosely be some like 4-2-3-1 some, at times even a 4-2-4 so you've got Diego Poyet who we've heard a lot about and Johnny Jackson just sitting in the central midfield and Sordell's up, to, up top and then you've got Abika Harrier and, and Jordan Cousins all behind him all swapping some of them sometimes coming in swapping places with each other all skillful quick that front four really do have something about them you know on their day when they're on form and it's quite a good you know positive formation you see in contrast to Barnsley really as we heard at the start before we talked to the fans one up top Chris O'Grady and they're really struggling to get any you know purchase on the ball when it goes forward how was your burger by the way mate um, it was it was very nice, apart from fraudulent ketchup. There was ketchup in a Heinz bottle, but I'm telling you now that that was not Heinz ketchup. <laughs> it should be illegal. <laughs> it should. It ruined the burger. Speaking of my uh, my pre-match burger, um, it does sort of puzzle me as to why more clubs don't 
follow the example of two two extremities here of either Manchester City or, or Forest Green Rovers, who are both noted for their you know healthy pre-match, during-match cuisine. You know, they, they don't just stick with the horrible burgers, greasy hot dogs and, and chips. You know, they'll, they, you know, Man City... Oh, chance, it's a goal! It's a goal! In the middle of your ransomware food. It's the the corners. Corners. the burgers. There's been a goal. They scored. Free kick taken from Barnsley's left-hand side. Great free kick, actually. That was a brilliant delivery, wasn't it? Pretty much level with the six-yard yeah. box. Thumping header into the back of the net. Who's taking congratulations there? It's the guy it's in the orange boots. The guy in the orange boots. Yeah, was he? Was Matt saying a defender has not yeah. scored a goal for Barnsley all season? I think that's just changed. Sean Eves and Voto. Sean Eves and Voto. Centre back. What do you make of the mark in there? Well, it didn't look great. He had a towering header. It looked like he just got the run on whoever was marking him. And, and, you know, six yards out, he did exactly what Callum Harriet didn't do. Got his body behind it, headed it back in the direction where it came from, and the keeper had absolutely no chance. Sorry, would you like to finish your point about food? I was just going to say, you know, why do I have to come to a game and be subjected to awful cuisine? I'm trying to be healthy. I'm going on holiday in a month, and they're forcing me to eat rubbish. You should have sorted yourself out before you came, shouldn't you? Um, I must say, I feel a little bit sorry for Charlton there, because they've had control of the game they play some good stuff but their forwards should have put them chances away they've had some great chances and I was going to say just before that I'm not just saying it five minutes before I was going to go I reckon they're going to frustrate Charlton and nick a goal here but I didn't expect it to come that early so we'll see what Charlton's response is fans delighted Charlton fans booing with a tactical drinks break here man down in the centre circle Danny Wilson taking the opportunity to get one, two, three, four, five, six of his players down there and um, Jose Riga doing the same thing I tell you what I'm just saying the, the frustration of the fans you know when I go to Millwall and a, a player keeps mucking up God you, you scream and you shout at them and it's just funny to watch the Charlton fans getting angry at their players <laughs> I, I can relax I can relax I'm enjoying it and uh, I think I'm, hopefully Barnes can hold on and it drags Charlton right into it it's so exciting chance here Charlton across the face of goal corner been deflected behind for a corner there was plenty of men throwing themselves at that weren't they it's one of those classic opportunities where as we are on the side of the goal opposite side to where the ball was crossed in for it's hit the side netting about four lads behind us went up (laughs) (laughs) immediately sat back down and one of them just to hide his shame just just instinctively stuck two fingers up at the Barnsley fans as he sat down Barnsley fans singing there's only one Danny Wilson they've changed their tune in an hour pickle this up Time score at the Valley. We are going up live. Is uh, Charlton Neil Barnsley one, headed by Mavoto from the corner, giving Danny Wilson's side the lead at the break on the balance of play. If you made of it, is that, is that deserved? Um, no, I, I don't. 
not certainly not the first or half an hour it was all Charlton they started the better they had the possession they were getting the ball into some decent areas out wide the forward players were interchanging quite well they had a couple of chances they had that that one header from Callum Harriet as we talked about was the real big chance Jackson just won just won over the bar a couple of penalty shouts so there were some good moments for Charlton without them really being too incisive but uh, Barnsley you know they held firm they were trying to break when they could with, without much success really but then you know what you need which is what we spoke to Matt Murray before the game you really need any team needs this no matter what stage they are this season you need goals from set pieces you need your defenders and your big players to come up with goals from corners from free kicks and thankfully for Barnsley they got one tonight the first corner that they had good ball into the box Voto with an excellent header and they've got a 1-0 win now they've got something to hold on to Joe what have you made of the way that um, Barnsley defended they look pretty solid to you you say that but Charlton have missed uh, two three uh, two free headers that they should have scored so if that had gone in then you would have said Barnsley have defended pretty shockingly but uh, apart from those two they, I, do you know what I don't think it's the Barnsley defenders I think it's the, the poor Charlton forwards I think they really sh- should have done better and in the you know the balance of play you could say Charlton don't deserve to be 1-0 down but I think they do because they haven't taken their chances and, and Barnsley have had one chance and one effort on goal it's gone in so you've got to take your chances don't feel sorry for them sorry (laughs) nice nice sausage roll and stuff at half time (laughs) oh chance straight away oh just gone wide Uh, you've uh, picked up a lethal at half time though you want to um, bring to the attention that we are going aboard absolutely I think we may be getting to the bottom of this potential crisis, the Chartered Athletic pitch, because in my hand I hold a flyer that I saw down near the, um, near the food outlet. Uh, Chartered Athletic pitch hire, book now for a unique playing experience. Certainly is a unique playing experience. 0208 <laughs> swap the park for the pitch. Ever dreamt of playing at a professional football stadium? Now you can make your dreams come true at the Valley. Book now for Chartered's end of season pitch hire. <laughs> you can hire the pitch. You can play on the bloody pitch. No wonder it's such a state. Ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, still, Charles Neil Barnsley won. Barnsley employing some industrial tactics at the back there to get rid of get rid of the ball. Absolutely. Every time they get it, they're not messing around. They do not want to pass it out from the back. It's lump it forward to O'Grady. <laughs> he, he sometimes even just lump it forward to, to, to you know as far up the pitch as they can. But well, yeah, they won the love away from home. You know, it might not be pretty, but it's working. It's not a game to be messing around in, is it, this one? It's huge. It's going to be very interesting what Charlton have got left in them. They have started the second half a little bit better, haven't they? Yeah, I think they had two shots in the first five minutes, which is one more than they had in the uh, <laughs> first half of uh, actual shots on target. So, uh, yeah, and they, they look to be moving the ball OK now. It's just a matter of, you know, it's the same problems they faced in the first half, really, isn't it? It's whether anyone's got the confidence to take the ball on. They certainly want to play football the right way, but sometimes, you know, like Dave says, you've just got to play the way that gets results. Charlton made a substitution. And uh, on has come the man whose name I can't pronounce. Well, number 11, Callum Harriet, has been taken off. And in his place, number 8, the commentator's nightmare, that is... commentary there and in his place the commentator's nightmare that is Razor Guchanachat with how many letters in his surname 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 14 character surname uh, Razor Guchanachat or, or as I like to call him Graham <laughs> expensive on the back of the shirt that isn't it oh it's gone in complete fluke look at the 
scenes in the Barnsley end. Absolute pandemonium. There's a left-footed cross from close to the byline, which has completely deceived Ben Hamer. And Barnsley lead by two goals to nil. They cannot score for Toffee, but they've got two goals in arguably their biggest game of the season. What did you make of that? Well, it certainly what he did, certainly didn't mean it, did he? It was a left foot kind of meant for it to be an outswinging cross, and it's just literally snuck inside the uh, the far post, and uh, there was nothing Ben Hamer could do about it. Listen to the Barnsley fans. Cheltenham have just switched off since since we started the second half. They've, you know, you'd think they'd come out of the traps, really try and go for it. They've been poor. They really deserve to be 2-0 down now, I'll say that. Barnsley like, didn't attack much in the first half. They've had more attacking, as you probably said, in this half than they did in the first. They've had a few attempts, and they deserve to be 2-0 up. So uh, it makes things at the bottom very, very interesting. So the goal score has just been confirmed. Tom Kennedy from the left-hand side. Usually got a very good delivery, actually, but in a way it was a good delivery, but not how he intended. No, I think he just sort of looped up off his foot. He was trying to like get it into the back post, and he's just slightly overhit it. Um, and you know, normally you don't want to overhit you, don't want to overhit them, don't want to miscue them. But if you do it like that and they go at the back post, you're not going to complain. Two 0 up, and I, I agree with Joe. Really, I think Barnsley do deserve this because they've been positive on the break. Dale Jennings is on the ball again here. He's been positive. He's been taking people on, been carrying the ball, been making chances. Great, he's been holding it up well. They defended stoutly when they've had to, but they've also, you know, they've, they've got the ball down wide into into the channels when they need to as well, and they've caused chance and problems. And they're two 0 up now. They're a fantastic opportunity for them to get three points. Barnsley going forward again. Ball out wide to Dale Jennings. Jennings cuts inside. His right. Oh, oh good save by, by Ben Hamer. Barnsley working hard now, though. Very much so. They're pressing Charlton whenever they can. They're getting men to the ball first. They're winning the challenges. This is the time when Charlton need to come back into this match and be first to these second balls and put pressure on Barnsley. They're at home. But at the moment, it looks it's like a relegation team. I know. Crunch game. Diego Poyer being removed by Jose Riga. Excellent. 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 We didn't see a lot of him. He didn't play a lot. Played a few games for on the 21 team. Swedish lad. Came in with quite a big reputation. Never really did anything. So it'll be interesting to see what he does here. So another football news tonight. There's not actually much uh, else going on, but we do have a, a latest score from the uh, from the conference. That's quite interesting. Or is quite interesting to football league fans. The Kidderminster Harriers are two 0 up against Cambridge, which is, is the result stays that way. Luton Town it gives you great pleasure to say so <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> in the Football League and um, they had that chance on Saturday didn't they to go up against Braintree they completely blew it uh, against 10 men they lost 3-2 uh, but yeah it looks like um, Luton are coming up tonight so five minutes to go still 2-0 to the visitors Joe is going to leave us at full time and we got a pub to look back at the weekend's action so Joe while well, we've got you Millwall then 22nd at the moment uh, four games to go Middlesbrough away Doncaster at home QPR away Bournemouth at home quite a tricky running it is a tricky running but you look at the other teams around us and they've all I mean Blackpool and Doncaster also got some really tricky games um, I, I still I didn't believe it two weeks ago but having seen I went up to Nottingham Forest uh, a couple of weeks ago and saw us win and then the win at Wigan and the way we played against Watford on Saturday I, I have got I don't know I thought Holloway was a lunatic 
lunatic, but I do have belief now that we can do it. I really do. And looking at these two teams tonight, I mean, Barnsley are awful in the first half. To be to be fair to them, they've come out in the second half and, and showed some attacking prowess and done pretty well. They deserve to win this game. Charlton looked pretty dire. And I think when you're in the, when you're in the relegation zone, you're fighting for your lives. Because Charlton, Charlton are just outside with one point, I think they've taken this game not as seriously as they should have done. I don't think they've realise the magnitude of it Barnsley have and it's a crucial win for them but I still think that um, it could be Blackpool that get dragged down and well yeah the Blackpool's running uh, Burnley at home Brighton away Wigan away and then Charlton on the final day that's very tough and obviously potentially a decider on the last day um, and you're talking about the Barnsley have sort of seized the moment with this Barnsley after this have got Leeds at home which I've got to say I, I would fancy them to win uh, based on how well they've played tonight and how poor Leeds have been in general in the last few weeks but then the last three games Darby away obviously very tough Middlesbrough just won the last four and then QPR so they've got a tough run in Barnsley they really needed to win tonight but anything you know at this point of the season you know you look at um, look at Norwich for example they've got to play the big four, the big four teams in the Premier League it doesn't matter this time of the season people you know you can get any kind of result if you're fighting for your life anything can happen so you, you can't you can say someone's got a hard run in but it doesn't mean anything you can win any game in this league the common denominator in those bottom three teams is they've all got to play Middlesbrough so Middlesbrough you know who don't seemingly have anything to play for have just won the last four in a row will have a big say in which teams get relegated out of the championship this season still a chance five minutes of injury time Charlton have got a free kick halfway inside the Barnsley half eight plays in the area what can they do with it Jackson left footed back post chance oh it's off the line it's in it's in now no it's not it's in it's crossed the line it's a goal there is hope the ball didn't actually hit the back of the net not quite sure what happened there managed to scramble it away it was past the line and those fans who including Joe who have left <laughs> might want to turn around couldn't surely they couldn't come back a good ball into the back post it was headed down on target I think a defender was it that blocked it on the line and then immediately the Charlton player following up the substitute and it, I mean from here there was no idea whether it went across the line the, the linesman was in a good position but it was fired in at such speed listen really, to the really got to be sure that it crossed the line but he gave it immediately and see a bit of drama here to be fair there wasn't that many complaints from the Barnsley defenders Charlton now straight on the attack again I actually said a couple of minutes ago when we weren't recording what are the chances of two late goals I mean if Barnsley don't win from here they will kick themselves long throw Charlton of pretty much everyone forward surely not to all and it comes oh it's a goal oh my god across the six yard box Luke Steele's got hold of it somehow you sensing they might get one here? Why were they winning these challenges for the rest of the second half? All of a sudden, they're winning every ball. They show this level of determination from the second half. They wouldn't have been in this position. Carby long left. You can hear what the Charm fans saying. Get in the box. Oh, there's a chance. He's right. He's mad. Touch on the ball. That's all I can think of. Stand the line. It's not offside. 
Barnsley now. That's I've it. seen it out. Look at those scenes in the away end. Crucial three points. Barnsley are off the bottom of the championship with a 2-1 win at the Valley. The referee surrounded by Charlton players. Very controversial couple of decisions there at the end. The Barnsley fans, well, you can hear what they're singing. Jim Knight, that is a priceless three points for Barnsley. Huge three points, isn't it? And Charlton will have their complaints about that uh, questionable foul that wasn't given at the end of the uh, at the end of the second half there. But as DC was rightly saying earlier on, why don't they put those challenges in all the way through the second half? They could have uh, avoided being two 0 down and you know made a game of it, but they didn't seem really to come alive until the stoppage time. Uh, stoppage sign board went up, and then suddenly, all of a sudden, they were playing like they're uh, Premier League uh, contenders. DC, quick summary on what you've seen. Well, it was a frantic last two minutes, and you can you can hear those Charlton fans who are booing the match officials now as they go off. They felt they should have had a free kick right in the last minute. It was literally a yard outside the penalty area. It would have been a great opportunity for them to get that all-important equaliser, but the boos I can't help but feel are a bit a bit, little bit too late, uh, too little, too late. Charlton, in my opinion, until the last few minutes when they got that equaliser, simply didn't want this game enough it was a massive game for them they started off well enough as soon as that goal went in midway through the first half for Barnsley Barnsley wanted it more they were winning challenges they were you know you saw players sprinting the length of the pitch to chase lost causes they were winning the, head, the headers in the middle winning the second balls they got their fortunate second goal which gave them the cushion to perhaps be a bit more expressive and, and be a bit more dangerous on the break and on the counter attack when they had the ball but Charlton until the last two minutes they weren't winning any balls in the air they weren't showing enough determination they're at home and it was a massive game for them and a real missed opportunity for them tonight fantastic three points for Barnsley they could be you know set to do another great escape but if Charlton go down they'll look back at tonight and think this was one of the games that we really should have won I want to go and speak to those Barnsley fans we were speaking to before the game see what they're thinking now about this relegation battle but there you go final score here at the Valley Charlton Athletic 1 Barnsley 2 and it's bloody cold now isn't it so I think we're going to decamp to the pub and look back on all the weekend's action Okay, we've moved inside to Bartram's at the Valley, which I think is just the, the sort of generic bar in the ground. A lot of unhappy Charlton fans. I've just heard some uh, guys at the bar there already discussing the points between them, trying to memorise who's on what. We'll come on to the League One. Um, sorry, we'll come on to the Championship relegation battle again in a minute, I think. Um, but let's start our weekend review at Wembley, if we can, with the uh, FA Cup semi-finals. We could have had an all-football league final. We talked about it. Didn't quite happen in the end, despite two heroic performances uh, from Wigan and Sheffield United. Let's start with Sheffield United DC uh, what a day for their fans on Sunday I think there was 33,000 um, Sheffield United fans there they finally played well in a game at Wembley they scored three times they led twice they got applauded off at the end when they uh, Hull broke away to score the fifth goal all in all just a fantastic day for, for Sheffield United yeah although it could have been you know, that all the more fantastic <laughs> if they actually managed to do it They're, despite the good performance their curse at Wembley lives on I was gutted for them actually to be honest with you I mean it, it was a fantastic game the atmosphere 
was superb, wasn't it? A real great occasion. Uh, better than the one the day before between Arsenal and Wigan, that's for sure. And, yeah, I feel really sorry for Sheffield. No, they couldn't quite do it. I think they were, out, they were outdone in the end by, by the Premier League quality of Hull. Uh, you've got players like Tom Huddleston who had a good game. And Aluko came on. He made a real difference for Hull. And, you know, Curtis Davies at the back giving inspirational half-time team talk. Hull have got real top players in their team. And, and that was what told in the end. But a fantastic effort and a fantastic cup run by Sheffield United. They've beaten Premier League teams. And every every team they've beaten, I think, has been a team from a higher level you know, on, on their run. Um, so real good performances. Helped them in the league. I think it's given them confidence. And they've gone on a good run in the league. And a real strong end to the season under, under Nigel Clough. And, and once again, we're going to get to next season. And Sheffield United are going to be up there, aren't they, in the cookie? To the bookies' favourite for promotion, I'm sure. Well, when you go to Wembley in a semi-final, especially as a lower division team, all you want is that moment. And I read a really, really good blog. I re- uh, really recommend you read it from Ian Rands, the United Eye blogger, uh, about his day at Wembley. And he was sort of saying that at halftime he had that. It was the greatest first half to be a Sheffield United fan. You're a League One side playing a Premier League team at Wembley. But you've got to say well done to Steve Bruce because those substitutions, bringing Fright on, and those two goals straight after halftime were, were really crucial. Because you feel if Sheffield United could have got through that period, they could have gone on to, to make the final. Yeah, you think if you if they'd have uh, managed to weather the whole storm just after the break, they might have been able to uh, hold on for a bit longer. But as we've said, all credit to Sheffield United. They um, they gave a great account. I think they gave a, gave a great account of the football league. Um, obviously, as a League One team, plenty were expecting Hull to kind of run away with it. But they, uh, they were know. 21st, weren't yeah, they? In League One at the start of this cover. And Nigel Clough, I love Nigel Clough. Sort of, he didn't really want to do when the first goal went in. He was kind of running down the touch like, oh no, don't get carried away. Yeah. He sort of went in to punch the air. Uh, but anyway, sadly, Sheffield United went out. Uh, good luck to Hull in the final where they'll be playing Arsenal who came through just one all against Wigan on Saturday and this is a tweet from Zonal Marking Michael Cox uh, who said uh, Wigan deserve great credit if you think about it such a draining season 46 maybe a 49 game league season the Europa League as well the League Cup the Community Shield and the FA Cup and to take Arsenal to 120 minutes at Wembley was a superb effort pity they couldn't take a bloody penalty after that though I know but didn't your heart just sink when you saw big Gary Caldwell running up to take the foot or was striding up to take the first penalty uh, and he missed the way he was saved wasn't it by, uh, by Fabianski who turned up to be the hero on the day a much derided decision at the start for him to be played ahead of Chesney by Wenger but um, another you know a good effort by Wigan Arsenal were poor really weren't they Wigan you know I, I dare to say would play, play the better of the two the two sides really for the, for the game they weren't they weren't able to capitalise though and, and get that second goal um, that would have would have perhaps given them the win well perhaps the, the kind of turning point really was when Callum McManaman uh, was taken off which at the time yeah, yeah. which at the time I thought was a very strange decision but subsequently Ivo Rosler said yeah, because McManaman had cramp in both calves and he's only been playing about an hour 70 minutes in the league recently uh, but it turned out to be a, a critical decision because they didn't really have the out ball after that did they because Nick Powell was up there didn't have a great game when he came on and then it was just a wave after wave of Arsenal pressure yeah you can't expect to uh, weather that kind of storm over and over again but you know it, it's a shame for Wigan because they've been so busy this year haven't they they've played so many games obviously with the we almost forget it feels like a lifetime ago that we were in the Europa League and kind of guiding through there and then maybe the tiredness just held at the end and, and the def- defensively I thought they were excellent as well Stephen Craney had a brilliant game great clearance off the line and Scott Carson you thought when it got to penalties he was going to banish his Wembley uh, nightmare but it wasn't to be but anyway overall great effort by Wigan uh, who, uh, who go out as well so uh, sadly no Football League representatives in the final let's uh, move on to the championship then uh, only one point from six since promotion was achieved for Leicester you were there at the Brighton game last week was that a case of they were all just a bit pissed still yeah it actually was it looks like they've rolled off the training ground after having a couple of bottles of bubbly in the morning because they were t- it could have been 8-1 it, they, 
was really, really bad. But I mean, back to uh, you know, a bit better, back to yes. normal on Monday. Great goal from Danny Drinkwater in, in, in the game at Reading. But we know Leicester are, are promoted. Let's have a look at the second automatic spot. Burnley three. Oh, sorry, Burnley nil. Middlesbrough one. Derby three. Huddersfield one. How didn't Burnley score on Saturday? Oh, I don't know. It's one of those games where you just you know whatever they did, they couldn't seem to get the goal. Middlesbrough get that one goal. They hold on. Yeah, they've been playing well lately. Middlesbrough fourth victory on the spin. Don't, I mean, you know, it was a good performance. You, you, you look at the result and think, oh, Burnley, you know, they're getting nerves because they're so close to confirming promotion now. But it, actually, the performance wasn't nervous at all. The performance was very good. And it was just one of those afternoons where, unfortunately, it didn't go for them. And, I've, you know, I've got no worries about them, no doubts about them. That they will go on to secure that promotion. Burnley will be promoted to the Premier League on Good Friday if they win at Blackpool and Derby fail to win at Doncaster. And you kind of feel it's nailed on that they're going to go up at Blackpool against their rivals. So Burnley may well uh, be in the Premier League by the, the, the next time we do a show. Um, let's look at the uh, the playoff positions below them. And this is where it gets quite interesting. QPR have a great win, actually, on Saturday. Um, they absolutely blew Forrest away in that last 10 minutes, didn't they, to win by five goals to two. Forrest completely uh, fell apart. But it's below that, Jim, where it, it gets interesting. Where's, where's your money at the minute? I mean, I've got to say, Ipswich are coming up on the blind side a bit. Yeah, I think um, they were saying on the Football League show that maybe Mick McCarthy is probably quite happy flying under the radar a little bit. No pressure uh, on Ipswich. They've been making steady progress and, you know, I think it is probably it depends if if Wigan let that semi-final FA Cup defeat kind of get to them a little bit you know they could be sucked back into it but you're probably looking at one place from uh, one place from three or four teams really if you're asking me to put money on it I'm I'm going for Brighton because you look at those games that they've got left Huddersfield away who are in dreadful form then they've got Blackpool who are in free fall they've got Yeovil who are right down there and Forest who are you know spectacularly collapsing at this stage of the season so I, I would go for Brighton at the moment I do think it's going to come right down to, to the last day um, and Reading you know just we were, we were talking to the guys from the two unfortunates weren't we last week and they're still sick you know, they, they, at no point this season have I ever looked at Reading and thought you know, they're, they're, they're playing really well they're going to get in their top six they've got a chance of promotion but they're still there well that was great actually we went to a, um, a preview of Warren United which is a new ITV4 show which um, sort of football animation which starts on Tuesday next week and Rob Langham from two unfortunates there was, he was sort of um, I think he was remaining quite optimistic about their chances of, uh, of reaching the playoffs and I thought they played better last night but it's that home form though isn't it yeah. they just can't win at home so if, if they don't put that right then I'm not sure they're going to get in there I thought they were decent last night I thought they showed probably a lot better than what the results have showed maybe they kind of up their game against Leicester thought maybe watch the uh, the Brighton performance and thought we can get we can get at Leicester and they did they uh, they scored a good set piece goal and threatened a lot from, uh, from set pieces which has been our Achilles heel I still think it's probably Brighton's as DC says I think Ipswich I mean Bournemouth are the form team in the division aren't they they're absolutely flying obviously only managed to get a one-all draw at the weekend but before that they've been absolutely on fire and Eddie Howe you know isn't going to need to give many team talks at the end of the year just kind of absolutely flying up the division well we've talked a lot obviously in this podcast about the relegation battle at the bottom of the championship so we won't really touch too much on it now except to say uh, Yeovil have now lost 31 points from winning positions which could prove very very costly in the end Barry Ferguson played himself in midfield for Blackpool for the first time in a bit of an act of desperation and they lost at Leeds and that shows how bad Blackpool are they lost at Leeds they've been dreadful themselves and the final word we obviously we talked to Joe a lot about Millwall what about from a quickly on a, a Watford perspective that, that goal that Almunia uh, letting at, at the new den on, on Saturday well it was a terrible mistake but Almunia had a fantastic game kept us in the game made, made a, a number of fantastic saves and it's kind of been his story of his career really I suppose he's, he's actually a very good goalkeeper and, and often will make brilliant save after brilliant save but unfortunately every now and again he'll 
we will also make an error and that proves costly OK let's get down into League One let's talk about a team who have been more than good enough this season they've got the best defensive record in the Football League they get their 24th clean sheet of the season on Saturday in a 2-0 win at Crew. goals from Kevin McDonald and Dave Edwards and Wolverhampton Wanderers have bounced back to the Championship at the first time of asking Kenny Jackett's side promoted and considering the mess that that football club was in last summer if you think about the managers they went through last season they had Saunders there Sol back in that last season they certainly had lots of managers last season the, the players are on the wage bill what a job he's done I mean we had a few tweets from people saying yeah well he's got the best squad and they've got parachute payments so on but what a job he's done to pull it all together so quickly I think over the last you know couple of years that we've been doing, doing this podcast every time we sit down and do a, a preview for each division we always say oh they've got a good squad they're paying a lot of money on wages they've got the best squad on paper but it very rarely works out like that you know look how many times we've looked at teams that should be getting promoted every year and they come mid-table or they don't even you know make the playoffs so yeah we look at the teams that have fallen down from the from Premier League and from the Championship to League One in recent seasons Sheffield United are still down there you know you had Leeds Nottingham Forest Charlton Southampton all of those teams took them a long time a couple of seasons some more than others to get back up none of them did it the first time of asking Wolves have done it at the first time of asking they've done it in formidable fashion you took Kenny Jacket maybe a little while a month or so to get going once he got the rhythm once they got the team settled they cleared out some of those players the big players on the wage bill sent out some players out on loan and you know, some of the players you know, perhaps bad eggs in the dressing rooms who didn't need there anymore they've got a solid squad they brought, brought in shrewdly players like Michael Jacobs who they brought in from Derby County has been excellent McDonald who they signed for Sheffield United has been excellent uh, and you know they've got a solid back four and they've played consistently pretty much all season Danny Barth I have been talking to a Walsh fan the other day and they, they they were you know, saying that Danny Bart will one day go on to be a Premier League captain for someone if it's, if it's not with Wolves and you know and they've got a good team they've got the best team in the division they've got the, for my money the best manager in the division and you can't take anything away from them at all they've been absolutely fantastic and they will surely go on to win the title the race for second then Brentford lost 1-0 at Swindon on Saturday they still need two wins for promotion and then last week after bigging up Rotherham so much saying this is the year they were going to do it they were going to sneak in and get into the second spot they've played twice this week they lost at Sheffield United on Tuesday and then they only drew nil nil with Bradford on Friday night so it looks very unlikely they're going to overhaul uh, Brentford now Orient seven points behind they had a great win actually didn't they 5-1 against Gillingham on Saturday look rampant absolutely where did that come from it was like it was like early season Orient again wasn't it just the sort of victory they needed to get some confidence back in the team you had Lisby scoring goals Mooney's back in the goals Cox scored again Odebeju was out on the wing putting the balls in all of those players that have been key that were so so banging form at the start of the season that was the reason for, for Orient's spectacular start look like they're coming back you know back to form a few of them have had injuries at various times this season but they look like they're playing now they're, they're on form and that's you know really good news for Orient fans going into the playoffs another side who were rampant on Saturday were Preston beating Carlisle by six goals to one and that was without Joe Garner as well their top scorer hat-trick from the forgotten man Craig Davis in 26 minutes and he took his top off and Neil it wasn't a fan of it <laughs> no, but it, it was the third goal was a good finish, but the first two are terrible defending from Carlisle. It's so I mean he's bobbling up and down, he's hitting the defender, coming back to him, scuffing it in. It was awful, embarrassing defending from Carlisle. I mean really, really poor. Like defenders like completely missing the ball, 
ball taking swings at it awful well a quick word on the, the final player spot Peterborough won and MK Dons lost which means barring a, a surprising turnaround Peterborough will as expected get that sixth spot so let's turn to the bottom then oh, we should say by the way Brentford will be promoted on Friday they win against Preston Orient lose at Crawley and Rotherham fail to win at Wolves so that could happen um, so Brentford could well be up by the, the next time we do a show down at the bottom then you mentioned Carlisle how terrible they look they're in the relegation zone they got battered 6-1 as we said Crew lost Shrewsbury, uh, Shrewsbury lost and Stevenage lost Stevenage lost 3-2 at home to Colchester they haven't won they haven't won in eight games now Stevenage and they are looking a long way off safety four points with four games to go um, but yeah as you just mentioned Notts County they were 2-0 down at home to Port Vale and then they came roaring back and uh, it's that lad uh, on loan from Villa Jack Grealish as well who set up two of the goals for uh, Jamal Campbell-Rice and they've won four of their last five games Notts County what a run that that is under um, Sean Derry and uh, it could save them absolutely I mean, they've, they've, they looked dead and buried didn't they just, just a few weeks ago they've gone on a good run uh, at the right time I mean, they have relied on those lone players as you said Grealish has been excellent for them and um, well, it has come at the right time but, but it's still close they're still only level on points they're only out of the relegation zone on goal difference it's considerably so on goal difference <laughs> yeah. they've got uh, what an 11 that's mainly part, in part to Preston winning 6-1 I think an 11 goal difference over Carlisle uh, Tranmere getting, getting a win as well Colchester getting a crucial win so you know the team's down there you know they are fighting for their lives and this is going to go right down to the wire well should we talk a bit about Tranmere very briefly Ronnie Moore uh, was suspended Jim but they've now sacked him after he, um, he pleaded guilty didn't he to this uh, to this uh, breach of uh, the football association's betting rules so, so he's gone but I mean didn't really bother them on Saturday with that 2-1 win and uh, someone else who has also gone is the Port Vale defender Daniel Jones who's um, been sacked by the club after a training ground incident that left captain Doug Loft with a facial injury Loft has been ruled out for the rest of the season he su- su- uh, suffered a suspected broken cheekbone in an altercation on Thursday what do you make of that decision by the club? I saw the uh, picture of, uh, of how he looked in a, in a red sock this afternoon um, as we record and the, the story went that the injuries were so bad that his lawyers felt the need to release the pictures to the, the wider media to show how it had been and he looks unrecognisable it's, it's like he's been beaten up at, outside a nightclub on a Saturday night it doesn't look like a it's not even a friendly scuffle where someone's had a black eye you know like the West Brom thing where uh, James Morrison punched Moreno in the in the chops for uh, giving the ball away he's been given a proper going over absolutely no, I, I do believe that they'll be pressing you know charges yeah, and ta- 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 taking legal action so you know, we'll wait and see what happens as a result of that but the picture was horrific and it looks like something you know, something really bad has happened there. Uh, finally in League One we finally got an answer by the way to our question about why four teams go down uh, Jake Miller it was due to the restructuring of the Division 3 North and South in 1958 they needed to relegate an extra two teams to balance it and for some reason they've stuck with it ever since football yeah. <laughs> ridiculous why, why is that so different let's move on to League 2 then the race for promotion what a shock result that was on Saturday Mansfield 3 Rochdale nil. three goals conceded from set pieces in the last 20 minutes and that means that Rochdale rel- relinquished position at the top of the league you've seen there's been this one of these um, one of these surveys that gets done every now and again it's knocking about today and officially Rochdale fans have been have been deemed to be officially the, the longest suffering fans out of all the fans <laughs> I mean, well they've only had one promotion in 30 odd years I mean they're going to have a second this season well yeah they are yeah 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 no I'm sure they are no, I don't want to jinx them six points ahead of fourth place Fleetwood with what four games to go they should do it they should. Uh, they've got quite a favourable run in as well they've got uh, Southend Bristol Rovers Cheltenham and Newport um, and there's still a bit of a gap between um, between fourth and third so you think Jim the top three are going to do it and we should say again another record for Russell Wilcox even though they couldn't beat Barry again for the second time this season uh, they are uh, now 26 
games without defeat, which is a record for a new manager. Yeah, it's a world record, isn't it? I saw some, it's absolutely crazy, but um, I, I think all he wanted to talk about was the fact he wasn't very happy at that. It was a 95th minute equaliser against Berry on Saturday, so he was uh, disappointed, but obviously all they need to do is keep picking up the points, because as you say, if as Rochdale and Chesterfield have kind of faltered around them, even if they're only getting one point, at least it's one more than their, their rivals on occasion, and they've got a, they've got a solid running, really, haven't they? Morecambe at Oxford, um, who have been in freefall uh, for the last 12 games or so, Exeter and then York, so you've got to look at that list and say they, they could conceivably go on and, and win the title now. York City, don't talk to about York City. <laughs> last minute goal they conceded against Acton and Stanley when they were winning 1-0, and you know, it may have been bad for my uh, for my betting account balance, however, it's a, it's a much more a much worse result for, for York City themselves, and that means that they've missed the opportunity to stay in that playoff position, and they've done so well in the last few months, it'd be a real shame if they missed out. Well, Oxford, actually, you mentioned what a terrible run they've been on. They did go and win at the weekend, 2-0 at Plymouth, their first win um, under Gary Waddock, their first goals under Gary Waddock. What a goal from James Constable in that game, an absolute belter. Only their second win in 11, they're back into the playoff spots as we record, so it's Fleetwood, Burton, Southend and Oxford. Uh, Scunthorpe can go up on Friday if they win at Morecambe, then a combination of results go their way over the weekend. That's only a matter of time, surely. Um, and yeah, it's between York and Oxford, really. Maybe Plymouth for that last playoff spot, um, or the last couple of playoff spots. Uh, down at the bottom then, well, it was quite a weird weekend, wasn't it? Because Torquay went and won 3-1 at Bristol Rovers to give themselves a little bit of extra extra longevity in this division for the time being. Uh, but those two big results were Newport 2, Wickham 0, and Northampton 1, Burton 0. A ridiculous goal for Northampton. Rob Lainton, the goalkeeper on Lonefenbury to Burton, basically threw the ball into his own net. It was horrible. Um, but that is a win for Northampton, which now brings them level on points with Wickham, ahead of a massive match on Friday. Good Friday. It is Wickham against Northampton. I mean, Football League status may be on the line for these two clubs. Absolutely is. Yeah, I mean, and you, you know, you mentioned Torquay there, hanging on by a thread. Northampton, Wickham. It shows just how much of a psychological game football is. It's the same as here tonight at the Valley. You know, Charlton didn't start playing really and didn't start fighting until they had a glimmer of hope in the last minute when they got that got that unexpected goal back. And it's the same with, with Torquay and, and Northampton and Wickham. You know, destitute for much of the season. Long periods of sustained poor form. And all of a sudden, right at the end of the season, when you've got these crunch games, if you've got these games that if you don't win, you're down, the players find that extra yard. They find that extra bit of determination. And it's so frustrating as a fan and, and as a manager and as a coach. It must be to say, why didn't you produce this before? Why couldn't you show this determination all season long? You know, it's only when they're under the cosh they somehow, you know, start playing. And it's so frustrating. And it is, you know, a, a massive game. Absolutely. Well, that, that win for Northampton has actually sort of brought a lot of teams above yeah. above Wickham back in. So, I mean, Hartlepool were, were up on the verge of the playoffs. The opposite to Bury a few weeks ago. They were about eighth. They're now, they're now only three points clear of safety. I mean, they've got a good goal difference. But Morecambe are down there. Exeter are down there. Bristol, right? I mean, it could be very interesting sort of Easter period in League Two. So, when we record the next show to see how that table has, has changed around. Uh, but, yeah, that is a huge game on Friday. Wickham uh, entertaining Northampton. Yeah, it is. But also, if you look, look at some of the games coming up with those teams down there from 18th down you've got you know, the week after next Hartlepool and Morecambe playing each other Exeter playing Torquay the week after next you know so team Bristol Rovers have still got to play play Wickham uh, and Portsmouth so that you know Exeter have got to play Hartlepool on the last day of the season Torquay have got to play Wickham on the last day of the season so all of these teams have got opportunities to take points off each other in the coming coming month uh, last month of the season so it's going to be fascinating right well I think that's pretty much it thank you very much for listening to our 
special live show from Charlton this week. Enjoy all the Easter football. There is an absolute feast of it uh, this weekend. Next week, we'll be back in the warm confines of the studio. Although, um, it's my birthday next week, so I'm going up north. So I, I think I've just, I haven't really told you, you lads about this, but um, yeah, the pod's going to be out late again. Oh, good. Um, well, that's good. I like it on Monday nights off. Are you going to be watching Berry when you go up there? I'm going to York away on Monday, which will be good. Should I bet on York or Berry? Us. Back the draw, maybe. Back the draw. Back the draw. So uh, we think we're going to record the show on Wednesday next week, although I've just found out you're playing football on Wednesday, so we're not quite sure yet. Um, but hopefully Thursday, we're aiming for a, a Thursday release next week. If you do want to get in touch on Twitter this week, it's at Waggy Podcast. Charlton fans, Barnsley fans, let us know what you made of the game and the show. The SoundCloud page is soundcloud.com slash Waggy Podcast, and you can read the blogs at wearegoingup.co.uk. And if you want to take advantage of that free audiobook offer from Audible, just go to audible.co.uk slash going up. Thank Thank you, Jim, as you finish your pint. Thank you, DC. <laughs> Thank you. You had a Coke. Didn't have a £9.50 rum like you did on Saturday. <laughs> no, the less said about that, the better. Okay, uh, that's it. We will speak to you again next week. Have a brilliant Easter. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. Yeah!